0: Good morning, guys. Welcome to the Fusion Church of Bristol, Florida podcast. This is Rob, media pastor, and I wanted to come to you this morning and share uh, a couple of thoughts from the Word, uh, preferably out of the study Bible. I'm going to be reading in the first place in John 4, um, start in verse 7. It reads like this. says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank it from himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. The The thought that I want to share with you this morning is come back to the well. How many times in our life have we drew from unlikely sources? How many times in our life have we turned to things that have brought us temporary comfort and pleasure, if you will, if I can just be real? How many times have we had a bad day and instead of turning to prayer or turning to Jesus or turning to the word, how many times have we just turned on an old song in the car that, you know, brings back a lot of memories, but it's helped us through some tough times? Or how many times have we just, you know, watched a TV show that kind of relates to our situation or the reality of whatever it is that we're going through? Or better yet, how, how many times have we... um you know, went and hung out at a place or or just anything. I want you to think of, those of you that are listening, I want you to think of, of things that you do when you're in a place in life where you feel dry. Here in John 4, you see that a woman came to draw water from the well. It was going to be just like any other day. Um, and, and in the scripture, it, it kind of outsl- outlines, you know, from verse 7 kind of down to where I read at verse 15, <clears throat> how... Jesus is making conversation with this Samaritan woman. And in those times you have to understand that, you know, Jews and Samaritans really didn't have any type of conversation or communication with one another. You know, they were, you know, one was on one side, one was on the other side. They're they're like, We don't talk to y'all. You know, y'all don't talk to us, we don't talk to y'all. And and here you see that this this woman is is coming to draw water from a well, but Jesus addresses <clears throat> Excuse me, Jesus addresses a much deeper issue. She comes for the physical water, the water that will quench that physical thirst. And Jesus starts addressing the issue of the heart. Hey, do you have that living water on the inside of you? Is the spiritual renewed? Is the spirit man renewed? And this woman doesn't even think about stuff like this until Jesus starts talking about it. Matter of fact, I just read to you, the, the woman don't even realize who she's talking to or who she is encountering right now. And I'm going to read that that again in, in verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, he's talking about the water at the well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Chapter 4, verses 10 through 15, the references to Jesus as the giver of living water involve a double meaning. Literally, the phrase refers to fresh spring water. God was known as the source of life. It was outlined in, in Genesis uh, chapter one, eleven 11 through 12. Uh, verse twenty through thirty one, and then chapter two and verse seven, and it was talking about the fountain of living waters as well in Jeremiah two and thirteen, and then Isaiah twelve and three, uh, in Numbers chapter twenty eight and eleven, water had gushed out of the rock, uh, which was a much much needed provision for the Israelites. You know, God. Had, you know, th- this was not the first time that Jesus, or or if you will, God had explained that He is the living water. Um, and in, in back in verse 11, you know, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his, his sons and livestock? That verse, you know, Jacob's well in that day was about 100 feet deep, and it was probably a lot deeper in Jesus's day. Um, You know, the the woman's response, the woman's account was based on tradition, and the book of Genesis does not record Jacob digging a well, drinking from it, and giving water to his sons, but rather what Jesus was saying was the fountain giving life is reminiscent of Isaiah 12 and 3. And again, it, it leads me to ask the question, where do you draw from? What is your source when times get rough? You know, we all go through these rough patches, we go through these seasons of our life where Things are just not panning out the way that they should. You know, we feel like we're in a rough place spiritually and everybody tries to come up with a solution. Everybody says, well, you know, you need to pray more, but people don't see that you are praying more. And then there's other people that say, well, you just need to fast more. People don't see that you're fasting more. Pe- people think that, that the issue is, is is always with you, but but what they don't seem to understand is sometimes we're meant to go through seasons where we feel isolated and alone. I'm sure Jesus felt that way. Uh, up to the point where he endured the cross for you and I, you know, I, I I think very heavily about the Garden of Gethsemane You know when he was praying and the disciples were sleeping and he prayed until his sweat became his drops of blood And I believe it was Peter when he when he came back to where they were Jesus said you couldn't even watch And pray one hour with me one hour, you know, and, and I think about my daily schedule, you know There's 24 hours in a day, but think about all the things that we do in a day you know, we get up, we go to work, we come home, you know, those of you that have kids, you know, wives, you may cook, um, kids got to get a bath. If, you know, during the school year, if there's homework, you know, they got to get their homework done and then they got to be in bed by a certain time. You know, we're all, it's like we go by a robotic schedule, if you will. We all get in these places where, you know, we're, we're schedule, 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 you know, this has got to be done this way. This has got to be done that way. And, and the next thing you know, we're, we're just running hectic, you know, and and, and if we're not careful, you know, the, the living water that's on the inside of us now that that water never runs dry. But if we don't keep coming back to that well, if we don't keep seeking God, if we don't constantly seek his face in prayer and, and seek for that spirit man to be renewed, then over time, you know, that your, your cup's going to empty out and you can't draw from an empty cup. I'm going to say that again, you cannot draw from an empty cup. If you're not constantly knocking, seeking, and asking the Lord for more of him, if you're not constantly seeking his face in prayer, if you're emptying yourself out but you're not going back to the well to get refilled, then you're missing out on the whole point of a relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants us even as Christians to come back to the well. Jesus wants us to desire that living water at the well. What well are you talking about? I'm talking about the well in our heart. You know, if Jesus lives on the inside of us and we have a relationship with him, we still must tend to and nurture that relationship. It's like any other relationship in our life. It, and it it well, let let me backtrack. It's not like any other relationship in our life in a sense of it's just the same old thing but it is in a sense of the way we have to tend to it. You know, those of you that have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, you don't just say I love you on your wedding day and then that's the last time you ever talk to them. You don't, you know, you don't just come home and sit and not talk to them and not show love and affection to them because if you do it that way, over time, what you're doing is you're lacking uh, the tending to and the nurturing of the relationship. It's much like a garden. You know, a garden needs water, it needs sunlight, it needs it needs tending to, it needs nurturing in order to grow. And it's the same thing in a relationship. You know, even with Jesus, you know, we would do well to remember that just because we come to Christ and we turn over a new leaf, oh, well, th- this is as good as it gets. You know, we don't have to grow. Yes, there there is still much, much, much growing to do even in the Lord. And I've learned that over the last six or seven years, probably eight or nine, matter of fact, almost 10 years you know, when I rededicated my heart and life to Christ and I realized, man, I've still got a lot of growing to do in the spirit. You know, that's why Jesus talked about being born again. It was talking about being born again in a spiritual sense. You know, you're, you start out as a baby, you know, feasting on the word, you know, that, that milk of the word, you know, a little piece at a time, but then there's going to come a time in your life where a growth needs to take place. There's going to come a time in your life where you know, you got to put away the milk bottle, and you got to start picking up the plate and desiring the the meat of the word. You know those that that heavy scripture. You know there there comes a time in our life where we have to grow, and the now I lay me down to sleep prayers are not going to cut it, and we got to get deeper and search for a deeper revelation of who God is. Search for a, a deeper walk with Jesus. You know Jesus is only going to take us as far as we're willing to go. I'm going to say that again, Jesus is only going to take you as far in your walk with him as you are willing to go. God is a gentleman. He won't force himself on you. God's not going to, going to drag you and, and pull you somewhere that you're not going to go. But remember that choice rests on you. It's nobody else's fault, but your own if you're not growing. Think about all the times in your relationship where you've hit a dry spell. Think about all the times in your relationship where you're like, Lord, I don't even feel you. I'm praying and and i don't feel you like i should and 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 lord i'm i'm go i feel like i'm going through the motions and nothing seems to be working out do you desire the crumbs you know i was in prayer this morning and the lord spoke this to my spirit he said do my people desire the crumbs anymore and you know just a few days ago i was reading in matthew 15 and 21 about the gentile woman um who came to Jesus when he was on his way to the region of Tyre and Sidon. It was a woman of Canaan, the Canaanite woman. Matthew 15 and 21 reads like this, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, "'Send her away, for she cries out after us.' But he answered and said, "'I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel.' Then she came and worshipped him, saying, "'Lord, help me.' But he answered and said, "'It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs.' She said, "'Yes, Lord.' Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table." then Jesus answered and said to her O oh, woman great is your faith let it be to you as you desire and her daughter was healed from that very hour i i want to address something in in verses 26 and 27 um you know the comparison of the Canaanite woman to a dog it 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 can that sounds rough to us like we hear stuff like that and we think man that is you know it's almost like a racial slur you know to to modern readers in this day and time you know we got all these activist groups and You know, there's all these politically correct words. Um, But in this time, the word little dogs, it was a diminutive. It was used as a term of endearment. It typically referred to stuff like house dogs that slept in the master's lap. And Jesus' metaphorical statement merely implies that he had a higher obligation to serve his fellow Jews. That's why he was was going to that region was to serve the Jews. But it was not that he despised Gentiles. The woman replied that Jesus need not neglect Jews by meeting Gentile needs any more than children go hungry because crumbs that fall from their table are eaten by their pets. But let me tell you something about this woman. Um, the The faith that Jesus most highly commended in Matthew was expressed by the Gentiles. Um, you can look in chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, and verse 11. Uh, you know, the faith of this Canaanite woman was even compared favorably to that of the 12 disciples in the previous chapter, 14 and verse 31, which I'll turn there really quickly, reads like this. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. You know, that was when Peter stepped out of the boat and came to Jesus on the water. And it was because Peter doubted that he started to sink, plain and simple. So where, where does the Gentile woman who desired the crumbs and the woman at the well, how do these two tie in? Well, I'll explain. The Canaanite woman. We'll start with her. The Canaanite woman would not be refused by Jesus. You know, it wasn't that Jesus was necessarily rejecting her. But I want you to think about her her sincerity, like her her earnest, you know, plea with Jesus. You know, my daughter is demon possessed. Lord, help me. And the first time, Jesus didn't even respond to her. And the disciples were like, man, send her away. You know, she's she's sitting here crying out after us and making us look bad. And and then Jesus answered and said, you know, I was not sinned except to the lost sheep of Israel. You know, Jesus wasn't even there for that woman. It, it wasn't that he was necessarily not wanting to meet her need, but that's not why Jesus was going the way that he was going. She just happened to meet him along the way. Did you catch that? She just happened to meet him along the way. She happened to go where Jesus was and she fell down at his feet and begged him and the interesting thing about the story is even after all jesus had said to her she still humbled herself in the mightiest way and said even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table the canaanite woman recognized who her master was she recognized jesus as her savior she recognized that jesus was lord he was the healer he was the messiah And because of that, it was her faith that made it to where it could be as she desired. It was her faith. How many times do we pray to the Lord for stuff? How many times do we say, Lord, I really need you to move? And he don't move like we think we should. And then we get mad, but then we realize we only prayed about it five or ten minutes. Think about that. How many times have we gotten mad at God because he didn't move the way we think he should move, but yet we only give him a ten-minute prayer a day? You know, we don't press anymore. We don't intercede. You know, we don't, you know, he he's looking for people to desire the crumbs in this day and hour. Jesus is looking for those that will press past their flesh, past their circumstances, past their situations. And he's looking for people that will rise up and say, Lord, whatever it takes, I will do. God, if you only want to give me the crumbs in this season of life, then I'll do it. He's looking for people to come back to the well daily. You can't just come to the well on Sundays and Wednesdays when you go to church. Matter of fact, if that's the only time that you come to the well, again, you're missing out on the whole point of a relationship with Jesus. A relationship with Jesus and experience in his presence is not confined to a Sunday, Sunday night or Wednesday night service. And it's not just any time you gather up at a church building. A relationship with Jesus takes place in your own life, in your personal life. It takes place in your heart. It's it's what you do in the secret of your own home. It's what you do when you go about your day. That's what a relationship with Jesus looks like. You know, anybody can come to church and raise their hands and go through the motions. But it's the Holy Ghost that will tell all in your life. It's your actions that will tell all in your life. You know we we get so caught up in everything that's going on around us that we forget that maybe the reason why God's not moving in our life like He should is because we haven't been seeking Him the way that we should. You know we think that God hears you know and and God does hear prayer now, don't get me wrong, but we think that God is just pleased with our five ten minute prayer knowing we could give him more. Think about that, I'm guilty of it myself. We, we we go about our day thinking that, well, Lord, you know, you're pleased with that five or ten minute prayer. You know, that, that's good enough for me. What if it's not good enough for God? What if God wants you to go deeper? <clears throat> Think about it. You know, I want you to really let that sink in. You know, you can you can go through the motions and you can offer those five to ten minute prayers, but you may find that when you extend those prayers longer, and you go deeper with the Lord, you may find that then you'll find that refreshing in the Lord that you seek. Come back to the well daily. That's the point I want to drive home in this podcast this morning, is come back to the well daily. Desire Him every morning. Let, him, let, let yourself be so consumed with Him that He's the first thing that you think about when you wake up in the morning, and He's the last thing that you think about when you lay your head on your pillow at night are you humble enough to desire the crumbs of his presence because you're going to go through dry seasons i I hate to tell you but you're going to go through seasons where if you haven't just hang on because you will there'll be seasons where you'll feel like the lord is a thousand miles from you but nothing could be further from the truth he said he would never leave us nor forsake us but that didn't mean now that we weren't going to go through some rough seasons that didn't mean that we weren't going to have to have a wilderness experience like the Israelites. And and what I want to encourage you with today as I get ready to wrap up this podcast is don't let your heart be troubled by what's going on around you. Don't look at circumstances and situations and think, well, God's left me. You know, God's not here. God, God don't want anything to do, do with me. Nothing could be further from the truth. He said in the word that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And he's a good God. And he's not a good God just because I say he is. He's a good God because he says that he is. Desire the crumbs. Humble yourself in prayer. Go deeper in prayer. If you're giving God 10 minutes, give him 11 minutes. And then 12. Add a minute on each time. If that's what it takes. Give God more. Give God more show your faith by your works if god has spoken something to your life if you believe god's called you to something then work towards it like you believe in it don't just sit back and and expect god to just do stuff for you you know yes god is a good god but as a dear friend of mine said before god's not a sugar daddy we try to treat him like that sometimes but god is not a sugar daddy you know god didn't give noah the ark he told noah you're going to build the ark He had already given him the tools to do so. Do not doubt by what's going on around you. I'm going to say that again. Do not doubt what God has spoken in your life based on the situations and circumstances around you. Keep coming back to the well. If you're in a dry place and you feel like nobody cares about you, I'm I'm talking to you. Those of you that may feel alone, you feel isolated from your church body, you feel like nobody cares, you feel like you reach out to people, but they half-heartedly respond to stuff, I know what that feels like. This is for you. Keep coming back to the well. Draw from the living water. Because a relationship with Jesus, as, as a dear man of God said one time, is completely vertical. It's straight up and down. You ain't focused on nobody else around you. You're not focused on the opinions of others. You're not focused on the criticism of others. You're completely focused on Jesus. Because what he says, what he thinks, and what he commands in his word, as well as what he speaks to your spirit, that is enough. Desire the crumbs of his presence. There will be times that you'll seek his face, and it feels like all you're getting is the crumbs. But I want to ask this question. Are you humble enough to accept the crumbs that fall from the master's table? See, we, we love it when God blesses us in abundance. We love it when God does mighty things in our lives. But what about the times when he when He gives us enough to get by? What, what about the times when he just sustains us enough? Can we be just as thankful in those moments as we can in the seasons of abundance? God is a good God, but he's not a sugar daddy. And if you're treating him that way, then you need to examine your heart because God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. God doesn't want to be treated like a sugar daddy. He gave his only begotten son on Calvary for you. You owe him your life. No matter what that looks like, and that's another thing, that looks different to many different people. Your relationship with Jesus should not be mimicked by somebody else's relationship with Jesus. Everybody's got different callings and talents and gifts. God's not going to have everybody confined to one space. And if you think that way, it's ignorant to think that God is confined to just your way of thinking. The Bible says that as the heavens are high above the earth, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways higher than our ways. So do not think that Jesus only operates based on your way of thinking, because he doesn't. The Bible says he uses the foolish things to confound the wise, the things that don't even make sense in our own lives that we think God can't use. You know, the withered hand or the withered fig tree, you know, things of that nature. We think, well, that area of my life is dried up. God can't use that. I'm here to tell you he's a restorer and a refiner. And if God sees fit to use it, he'll see you through it. Now that'll preach. Love you guys. Once again, this is the Fusion Church of Bristol, Florida podcast. And I want to encourage you guys today, desire the crumbs. Be thankful for the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Keep coming back to the well. Keep seeking his presence daily. You guys have a fantastic Friday evening.